You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Your love, the more I'm challenged to love you more. The more I'm challenged to commit myself more to you. The more I understand your covenant love for me. Mm. The more I see, the more I want to love you. The more I want to know you. The more I want to be like you. I want to love the way you love. I want to follow the way you follow. I want to lay my life down the way you laid your life down. You are my example. Thank you. You gave me many chances. And yet, I didn't give people chances, enough chances. I wrote them off too quickly. But Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me. Teach me how to love like you. Teach me how to walk like you. Teach me how to love unconditionally. Teach me not to be judgmental. Remove every pride in my heart that causes me to judge people unrighteously. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This is a prayer you need to be praying for yourself so that your life becomes more attractive to the miraculous. Because these are things that will unlock heaven to you. Okay? It's pride that makes you to see someone's fault and think you are better than him. It's pride. I'm telling you. Don't allow it. But when you see someone's fault, what should it do? It should lead you to prayer. Pray for them. Go to the place of intercession and say, Lord, I bring my brother. I bring my sister. Strengthen them. Help them to overcome in this area. Rather than pointing your finger and say, look at her. And she says she's a Christian. Look at yourself. And you call yourself a child of God. You can't even behave like God. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Why did I say all of this? Somebody needed it. Tell someone, I think you need it. Yeah. I know you need it. I know, I know, I know you need it. It's good for you. It's good for you. Come on. <laughs> awesome, eh? Yesterday, or last, this past weekend, we had Victory Weekend. It was awesome. Let me see. How many people were at Victory Weekend? Okay, yeah. Amen. I just want to call someone to share an experience she had during Victory Weekend, just so you know what Victory Weekend, what happens at Victory Weekend. Hmm? Uh, I have a co-minister. <laughs> huh? I have a co-minister in the house. Yeah. Yes. So, where is she? You know yourself. Come on, I don't need to call your name. You know you are my associate. Come, ha. we are doing this together, remember? <laughs> hey, yes, Tumeleng, you are just, <laughs> don't mind them, you know? Be bold. Yes, yeah. So I want you to share what, what you experienced during, um, during the prayer session. What you shared with me. Morning, everybody. Morning. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Itumeleng, for those who don't know me. Um, for the rest of you, yes, you know me. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, so, Victory Weekend is amazing. For those of you who didn't come, I feel sorry for you that you didn't come. <laughs> but, okay, it, it is a great experience. So, after Friday night, I started seeing the wrong things in life and everything that I've been doing wrong that I should be doing right. Okay, so we prayed over that. Then on Saturday, we'll pray, we'll talk about generational curses. Curses that uh, go for 400, 400 years. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, you're right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then, as uh, we have our partners that we pray with, then everybody goes with their partner, then they pray over what they think is their generational curse. So then I close my eyes. Okay, I'm praying with MJ. Close my eyes. I open them again. You see an angel with a whip. Yeah. He's coming down. He walks around, comes and hits where you're praying, and you see chains falling. Then he goes to the next person. He hits where you're praying, and then you see chains falling. And then that's just what was happening. And then you, you should have, well, everybody, I think, started feeling lighter or better about themselves afterwards. So, yeah, that's what happened at Victory Weekend. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Chains breaking. Chains breaking. So everyone that came, there are things that you've been carrying, you didn't realize the baggage you've been carrying all along. Some of the struggles that you have, they are a result of some chains. So God sent his angel to come and confirm the word that was spoken. He comes with a whip. So those of you who were there, you are free. Amen. You are free. Amen. You are free indeed. Amen. You are free indeed. And you need to see yourself as someone that is free. Amen. Okay? Don't allow anything to lie to you. Don't allow the enemy to trick you into bondage again. Because yeah. sometimes some people have been bound for so long that they don't realize what freedom means. Yeah. So freedom becomes uncomfortable because they've been more comfortable. They've lived all their lives with certain bondages. So by the time God liberates them, they feel awkward. Because it's like, why am I so light? Why, why am I feeling like this? I'm not used to this. Please get used to it. Because this is what Jesus came for. Amen. He came for you to be free. Amen. Amen? Amen? So next time there's Victory Weekend, and if you, are not, you have not been there, make sure you register. Okay? Because there are things happening in the Spirit. There are things happening. Things are breaking of lives. Sometimes people get liberated just by the word that is spoken. Okay? The power of the word can liberate you. But there are times that if your faith is not at that place, you need an encounter that will liberate you. So that was an encounter with the angel of deliverance. Okay? So, I just want to plead with everyone be open to what God is doing. Amen. Be open to what God is saying. And be open to what God wants to do. Okay? We are not here, we are not here to build any superstar. Okay? We're here to equip you. To reveal Jesus to this generation. To reveal the power of God 
to this generation. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Is Letabo around? She's not. Okay, next time. Hallelujah. Well, this morning, we're going into the Word now. <laughs> we want to continue on our series. The necessity of what? Science wonders miracles. It's necessary. In case you don't know, the enemy has done all sorts to discredit the ministry of signs and wonders. But we're going to take it back. Amen. I told you last week during the worship when the Lord spoke to me and said that there are certain manifestations of the Spirit, certain manifestations of the glory, certain manifestations of the power of God that have become extinct. But He wants to bring them back. He wants to bring them back. There are certain things we are used to seeing, but there are certain things we don't even realize are still part of the workings of God. But all these things are going to be brought back. So we need to prepare ourselves to become instruments in the hands of God. Okay? To become instruments in the hands of God. So that God can use us to manifest His glory, to manifest His power. Turn with me to the book of 1 John, chapter 3. And we'll read verse 8. 1 John, chapter 3. It says, He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. Let's read it in the Amplified. He who commits sin, who practices evil doing, is of the devil. Right? Takes his own character from the evil one. For the devil has sinned, violated the divine law from the beginning. The reason... The Son of God was made manifest, made uh, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil. Hallelujah. This is the reason. He who sins. In other words, he's not saying he that the word sin in the Greek means to miss the mark. Okay? I want you to picture someone who is throwing a dart. Right? And instead of it hitting the target, it goes off. That's the Greek word for sin. So it says, so he is not saying here that if you make a mistake, then you are of the devil. Are you following me? But it says, when you make it a practice, how many people feel bad when they sin? Anybody? Okay. When you do something, you, you, you just, no, I shouldn't have done this. Then you are of God. But if you feel comfortable in it. Hello. <laughs> Cry. Shout. Run for help. Okay? Yeah. Because... You, if you go out to the world and you see somebody sinning, who is an unbeliever, and you say to him, stop sinning, you, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You are telling a fish to stop swimming. <laughs> how, 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 how can he stop? He, he, he cannot stop. Because that's his environment. That's his natural habitat. Isn't it? Yeah, but for a child of God, he says, that is not natural to you. So when you miss the mark, do something. Hallelujah. Now, don't run away from him. You run to him. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, he says, If we say we have no sin, 
we deceive ourselves. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. We deceive ourselves. If you, if we, but if we confess our sins, he is, verse 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So, and he's talking to believers, right? This is not written to the world. It's written to the saved. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Then the next verse, he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that comforting? Yeah. You see in the Old Testament, how they used to stone people. When Achan sinned, did, I'm sorry, help him. <laughs> His whole family was wiped out. But thank God for Jesus. That's when we say he's unchangeable, you better believe it. <laughs> Amen. So back to 1 John chapter 3. Let's go back there. So he who sins here, there's another part where he says, um, he that is born of God does not sin. Where, where is that? Um, in 1 John. Chapter, is it the next verse? Yeah, thank you. God bless you. Yeah, whoever has been born of God, verse, verse 9, chapter 3, verse 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. What is he saying here? He that is born of God does not practice sin. He does not make sin a lifestyle. Okay? Yeah, if, if he makes a mistake, he jumps out of it. It's like you falling into water. Huh? You want to get out quickly. Is that not so? Do you remain there and say, oh my. <laughs> huh? No. Or if you fall into a ditch, do you just remain there? I've seen even people that are drunk and fall into a ditch. They want to come out. I mean, they are drunk, they, you know, and they are, and then they fall inside. They want to come out. Why can't they remain there? They want to come out. All right? But when you see a believer, or somebody says that he's a believer, and then he's comfortable in the ditch, there's something wrong. He needs help. So whoever has been born of God does not sin. Why? For his seed remains in him. What is his seed? His DNA. The DNA of God remains in him. The nature of God remains in him. So the nature of God will not allow him. It's not compatible with the nature of Satan. Do you understand? So the nature of Satan is what makes people comfortable in the ditch. But the nature of God says, no, get out. You don't belong here. Yeah. So he cannot sin. He cannot continue to practice sin. He cannot continue in the ditch. Why? Because he has been born of God. How many people are born of God here? You're born of God. That's right. So it's okay for you to feel bad when you do something wrong. It's okay. That is to show that your conscience is still alive. <laughs> it has not been seared. Because there are some, there's a place where the conscience becomes seared and you don't feel any conviction. When you stab somebody, you feel okay. Hmm? Yeah. So that's what hardens people and makes them hardened criminals. They, they go beyond their conscience. Then the conscience tells them, no, no, don't, don't. Then they do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, until the conscience gets tired and it stops talking. So, back to verse 8. You understand now verse 8 when he says, he who sins is of the devil. Okay? 
For the devil has sinned from the beginning. But what we're talking about today is the second part. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. That he might what? Destroy the works of the devil. That's the purpose. That's why we need signs, wonders, miracles to destroy the works of the devil. So every one of us here is supposed to destroy the works of the devil. Why? The Son of God was manifested. How many sons do we have in the house? Yes. As many as receive him, to them he gave the power to be called the sons of God. Okay? So he's given you power to become a son. And as his son, one of your missions is to destroy the works of the devil. Everywhere you go, when you step out of this place, start destroying the works of the devil. Okay? Destroy the works of the devil. In the name of Jesus. When you see him, what are the works of the devil? Because we need to also know what the works of the devil are. Because because, um, as I'm saying this, some people are thinking, I need to destroy my (laughs) mother-in-law. No, that is not the work of the devil. Your mother-in-law is not a devil. She blessed you with a spouse. There's one biltong I used to buy in Centurion. It's called Mother-in-Law. If, I don't know if anyone has had that biltong before. Yes. You'll find it. When you eat that biltong, Your eyes are going to pop out. (laughs) You will sweat. Your whole face. Your countenance will change when you eat that biltong. (laughs) So when you go to Centurion, ask for mother-in-law. I want the biltong they call mother-in-law. And when you taste it, You'll come back and testify. (laughs) Yeah. It's burning. It will burn you. (laughs) I don't know why they call it mother-in-law. They should have called it hell. Or something like that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the works of the devil need to be destroyed in our generation. The works of the devil have to be destroyed in our neighborhood. The works of the devil have to be destroyed in our lives. The works of the devil have to be destroyed in our families. We need to destroy the works of the devil. And we cannot do it by might nor by power. It's by the Spirit of God. It's by the Spirit of God. So I was checking a few um, a few words in the Greek. Some of you like Greek. You like it when I give you some Greek. <laughs> Even if you don't know Greek, you can destroy the works of the devil, all right? <laughs> yeah. But I, I checked that word to destroy. It's, the word is lu, L-O-U. It means to annul. Okay, Because when you hear destroy, you think it's to annihilate. But that's not necessarily what it means. Because if that's what it means, it means that Jesus, because Jesus has destroyed the works of the devil, that means we don't have anything to do. Because that means the works of the devil don't exist anymore. He has wiped them out of existence. And that's not what that scripture means. Okay? So, 
It also means to lose. That is to untie. To lose. It means also to release. Hallelujah. It also means to dissolve. And it means to untie. So, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might lose the works of the devil. So, the devil has tied people. So, God wants us to go and lose those people. That's part of destroying his work. And what are the works of the devil? I also check that in the Greek, the word for works there, it's ergon. It is speaking of a deed. All right? It speaks of a deed. That is action. But when, when, when it's carried out and it's complete... It, it, there is a purpose. It's action that is governed by a particular purpose. So when it's carried out, that purpose is fulfilled. So that means there are things that de- the devil has purposed and has successfully carried out in the lives of people. Are you getting me? He has successfully carried it out in the lives of people and So, God is sending us to go there and to undo them. To undo them. Now, if you look at the context of that that verse we read, you find that he's talking about sin. So, the number one work of the devil is sin. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's the number one work of of the devil. Now, Jesus came. He has broken the power of sin. The power of sin is already broken. Sin is not as powerful as it used to be. Hello? Did you hear me? Yeah, it's no longer as powerful as it used to be. So don't come and tell me, Pastor, I couldn't help it. No, you are a volunteer. Yeah. You are trying to say that Jesus did not do a good job. And that's not true. We know that he did a fantastic job on the cross when he said, it is finished. In other words, he has fulfilled everything required for the liberation of mankind. It is finished. So, sin shall not have dominion over you. That's what the Bible says, right? Yeah. So, don't say, I could not help it. Don't say, Satan made me to do it. Don't say that. Because he cannot, he doesn't have the power to make you. Don't give him any credit. He doesn't have what? The power to make you to do anything. The only thing he can do is to tempt you. But you decide To yield to the temptation. You decide by an act of your own will. To do it. Okay? So somebody say this. The power of sin. sin Has been broken. broken Over my life. life. I refuse. refuse To yield myself. myself. I refuse. refuse To surrender. To Satan. Romans chapter 6 verse 16 tells us, gives us a lot of insight into how these things work. It says, do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey? Don't you know whoever you obey is your master? If you obey Satan, then he is your master. If you obey God, then he's your master. Whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. 
So stop yielding. Stop obeying the devil. Stop obeying the desires of the fallen nature. Pastor, I thought we were talking about the supernatural. We're talking about signs, wonders, miracles. <laughs> Do you want to be like those who will come to Jesus and say, We cast out demons in your name? And he says, I don't know you. Those are people that don't pay attention to what we are saying. You don't want to be like that. So I don't want you to raise the dead and go to hell. Hallelujah. I don't. I don't want you to cast out demons and then end up in hell. I don't want you to prophesy, give accurate word of knowledge and end up in hell. Because many will end up in hell. But it is not for you. Come on, hit your chest. Say, it's not for me. It's not for me. It's not for me. Yeah. So, yeah, the supernatural signs, wonders, miracles we're going to walk in will be such that the enemy will know that this one is for real. There are some, he, he doesn't mind. You keep, keep performing. I know we're in the same kingdom. You don't want that. Okay? So the works of the devil are being destroyed. Let's go back to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. And let's read it in the Young's literal translation. Young's literal translation. Okay. He who is doing the sin of the devil, he is. Okay. No, let's read <laughs> the second part. <laughs> the last part, it says, For this was the Son of God manifested, that he may what? Break up the works of the devil. So, he's breaking them up. The works of the devil. To what? Break them up. So, wherever we go, we should be breaking. Breaking up the works of the devil. If you see, this is Satan. You are anointed to break it up. Hallelujah. Now, listen, I don't believe in looking for demons. I'm not demon conscious and demon hungry. But if demons show up, we know what to do. Okay? You never find a place where Jesus was going about looking for demons. For what? He is going about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Hallelujah. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. Healing all those that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Acts 10.38 So he was going about doing good. So we need to go about doing good. Then when we come across them, we deal with them. After we've dealt with them, we keep going on. Doing good works. Preaching and liberating people. Because this generation needs to be liberated. This nation needs to see the power of God. Telling you, those things that are extinct, we are going to press in till we bring them down. We will bring them down. So, let's read it. Do you have the Weymouth's translation, New Testament? Weymouth's New Testament. <laughs> yeah. I have it in my phone. Let me, let me open it in case they don't have it. Where is it? Weymouth? Now, where are you? Don't, don't let me down. Come on. Don't do this to me. Weymouth. 
Waymouth. Okay. Just, just a moment, guys. Okay? Okay, it says, The Son of God appeared for the purpose of undoing the work of the devil. Don't you like it? He appeared for what? Undoing the work of the devil. So wherever you go, you undo. He has done something. He has completed his work. He has kept this place, present prison. I says, now I got you. Then you just come there. In the name of Jesus. You undo it. Yay! Post Kalabaha. Yeah, that's it. That is what he has called us to do. And that's why we need signs, wonders, and miracles. To undo the works of the devil. You know that some people are so much in chains. So much in chains. I remember years ago, I ministered to a brother who was addicted to porn. He says that sometimes what happens is that it's like a being comes into his room. And he says, when it comes, he cannot resist. He does whatever it wants him to do. Oh, it's not just an innocent activity. It gets to a point that it becomes supernatural. And he comes to me and says, I need help. I need help. I have tried everything to stop it. He said, I make up my mind. And I say, no, no more, no more. I stop. But the day it comes in, I find myself running to go and get whatever to watch. And then after that, it goes. Things are happening. Yeah. So what do we do? We undo that. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Is it okay to talk about these things? Some time ago I was warned not to talk about this in one, you know, one pastor warned me. You can say anything to the men. Don't go to this area. Just leave them alone. Yeah. In this city. You can't say anything. Just don't go to this area. Leave it alone. Leave them alone. It's not as if I said I was going to. <laughs> wow. you know, I didn't say I was going to. But I was warned. Don't touch this. That is a sacred cow in that house. That must not be touched. Any area in your life that is a no-go area. It's a sacred cow. It has become an idol. And we must pull it down. Yeah. Hey, Pastor, you can ask me any question, but don't ask about this. Why not that one? That's the one I want to ask. Yeah. Why not? Don't you want to be free? I'm not playing here. We're destroying the works of the devil. The devil is not playing either. He's serious. He wants your soul. He wants your soul. Amen. Amen. Should I read another translation to you? I know some translations you are hearing for the first time. Now, hear this one. This is the Jubilee Bible 2000. <laughs> How does it put it? It says, for this purpose, the Son of God appeared... That he might undo the works of the devil. So the Weymouth says, undoing the work. Here he says, he's here to undo. So when you go somewhere, you say, I am anointed to undo the works of the devil. Hallelujah. So not only is sin the work of the devil, sickness is the work of the devil. It's the work of the devil. Is it the work of God? No, God cannot give you what he doesn't have. Is there sickness in heaven? If there's no sickness in heaven, where will God get it to give you? I say, oh Lord, the Lord Lord just, just, you know, wants to teach me a lesson with this. And come on, guys, 
God doesn't use sickness to teach you a lesson. It doesn't. And then you come and quote Job to me and say, oh, well, Job, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you see, God did. Uh, what? Was it God that did that to Job? It was Satan that asked for permission. Is that not so? And God allowed him. Why did God permit him? Because <laughs> Job's life, Job was living under fear. He said, that which I feared has come upon me. He was living in fear. So fear broke the hedge. Hmm? Yeah. Fear broke the hedge around him. Because when Satan went to God, he says, oh, Job, is, Satan was going to and fro. And God says, ah. I almost spoke pidgin English. <laughs> huh? He looked at him and says, Oh boy. <laughs> That's what Nigerians would say. Huh? Oh boy. Eh? <laughs> now only you walk out. <laughs> down. Huh? Have you seen my servant Job? Huh? He says, Satan, Job 1-7, look, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth, from walking back and forth on it. Can you see Satan? He doesn't stay still. There are some people that cannot be rooted in church. Back and forth, to and fro. It's not a good spirit. Okay, look, look. God, let's read on. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered him? Hmm? That there is none like him on the earth, blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. This guy, this is God's testimony about Job. I pray that God will say there's nobody like you Amen. on earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Nobody like you. Amen. There's nobody like Job. You've been going to and fro. Haven't you noticed? There's nobody like him. Look at Satan's re reply. He says, does God fear you for nothing? Huh? Does Job fear you for nothing? Does he fear God for nothing? This is Satan talking to God. Does he fear you for nothing? In fact, in other words, if I'm the one, I'll also fear you. <laughs> Does he fear you for nothing? Look at what he says now. He says, have you not made a hedge around him? Huh? What is a hedge? Protection. Huh? Around his household. Around all that he has. On every side. You have blocked. How did he know that the God has made a hedge? He tried. He couldn't get in. He tried. No access. Access denied. Access denied. He tried from this side. Boom. It's blocked. He tried this side. It's blocked. He tried this side. It's blocked. He tried. He tried up. Blocked. Down. Blocked. Sideways. Blocked. him. Huh? And you have blessed the works of his hands. Everything he's doing is, is just flourishing. If you are the one, God, will you not fear God? Huh? His possessions have increased. And then you say he, he's upright. And of course, what do you expect? Must be. Yeah, must be upright. Well protected, blessed on every side. Only a fool will not serve God. With all of that. Can you see how Satan pleads his case with God? He is a master negotiator. 
telling you. Then look at the next verse. What is it? But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has. And he will surely curse you to your face. You see? You see all this thing you're doing. Remove one of those things. And you will see that he does not truly fear you. He will curse you. Haven't you seen people that go through situations and then they backslide? Job is not like that. Hmm? And what, what happens? Next verse. Let's read on. Come on. It says, And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. No. <laughs> all. Only do not lay your hand on his person. Okay? So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. You know that Satan still does this. Remember when he tried to get Peter? Jesus said, Satan has asked for you. Huh? To sift you as wheat. In other words, to shake you. And cause you to fall. You know when you sift something? He said, Satan has asked. He has demanded. He has interceded. Yeah. Use some spiritual words. He, he used the word of God to tell God. You know, God, look at this, this Peter. He has an anger problem. He cannot control his temper. He talks before he thinks. Allow me to deal with him. Let me shake him. But Jesus said, I have prayed for you. He's still praying for you. Amen. Jesus is still praying for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He's praying for us. He says, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. He did not say, I've prayed that Satan will not come. But that your faith will not fail. So when he comes, hey, Satan, throw your best shot. I am immovable. And you know the story of Job. That's how God permitted him. Job goes in one day, wipes out. Uh, so, <laughs> Satan. Satan goes in one day. Yeah? Let's read on a bit. We'll go back to John, 1 John. Don't worry. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing. And the donkeys were feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided them and took them away, indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone escape to tell you. Huh? While he was still speaking, another came and said, the, the, the Chaldeans formed three bands and raided the camels and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell. Huh? And while he was still speaking, sure. Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking uh, wine in their oldest brother's house. Uh-huh. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they are dead. I alone escape to tell you. Question. How many can handle this kind of news? One after the other. One after the other. Everything. His business empire wiped out in one day. His children in one day. Verse 20. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground. And what? Complained. And complained. 
and grumbled. This guy was made of some solid stuff. You haven't even seen a fraction. Little, little temptation. Huh? Little, little challenge. Huh? Little challenge. Your, or your mouth has gone. Look at this man. May God make us better than this. Amen. 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 So the point I'm trying to make is that all these things that happened to Job were not the works of God. They are the works of the devil. Even though the people that reported say fire came from heaven. We know where the fire came from. The fire of destruction. Huh? It's not the fire of God. God has called you and he has anointed you to destroy the works of the devil. All his works. He has put everything intact. And if you read the story of Job, very, very touching. The end was glorious. The end was glorious. But it was not an easy thing. All that he went through was within the space of between six to nine months. The pain, his body. Well, after this, Satan goes back to God and says, hey, you can lose anything, but if your skin is not touched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you read on. He says, no. Allow me to touch his body. Anybody can do, can let go of anything. His life is intact. Allow me. Huh? Look at what Job says. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, this is not theologically sound. The statement is a statement of fact, but it's not a truth. One thing you know about the Bible, the Bible re records everything truthfully. Yeah. But not everything that is recorded is truth. Amen. The Lord gave it and the Lord take it away is not theologically accurate. Amen. Because James tells us that he is the one gives without any shadow of turning. Amen. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Yeah. That is consistent with his nature. So this statement was Job's statement. It was not God's statement. So sometimes we quote certain things. That's why when you read the Bible, you need to understand. You need to, you need to understand the context. You need to know what it's talking about. And you need to interpret it in, uh, in, within the context of his nature as well. Of his character. Because God will never change. His character is consistent. So Job, thank you for that statement. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the Lord. <laughs> Yeah. Thank God for newsboys. Yeah. But this is where they got it from. But theologically, <clears throat> no. I just enjoy it. But it, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful song. It sounds good. Melodious and, you know, but theologically off point. So that's why I listen to songs also theologically. Not just melody. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Okay, let's read on. Where, where is that place where, uh, okay, in all of this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. In all that he went through. Can you lose your children? 
in one day. What's left? <laughs> Your wife. <laughs> okay, let's read on. You say his wife. All right. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Of course, when God asks a question, is it because he doesn't know the answer? No. Yeah, God knows the answer. From where do you come? All right. And he said, from going to and fro from the earth, walking back and forth in it. Again. Then the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on earth. Blameless and upright. One who fears God and shuns evil. And still, he holds fast to his integrity. Although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. So Satan answered and said, <laughs> come on, skin for skin. Yes. All that a man has, he will give for his life. All of those things. Oh, God. You are impressed by this man's integrity. Oh, come on. Don't be impressed. Allow me. His skin is still intact. Look at how fresh he looks. Huh? You don't even allow me to put a hole on his skin. You, you refuse. I can't even come close. Oh, allow me. Look at what he said. He said, stretch out your hand now. And touch his bone and his flesh. And he will surely curse you to your face. Huh? <laughs> Next verse. <no? laughs> and God said something. What? And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. The Bible says that God will not allow you to be tempted more than you can bear. So God already saw that Job could handle all of this. Job has the capacity to bear this. God is proud of his product inside Job. You know, you know manufacturers, when they make anything, after they make it, engineers, they would test it, isn't it? All kinds of tests. Rigorous testing. Because of, they are confident in what they have done. So God was confident. He was testing Job. He was testing his, his, his product. His, his, his creation. Amen. His engineering. Amen. And Job. Yeah. And he said, God says, you can do all of that, but don't touch his life. Don't even cross it. And you know that Satan obeys, eh? He can't cross. Because he... he he has learned from experience. That when God said don't, you better not. So whatever you're going through, guess what? You have what it takes. Amen. Come on, hit your chest. Say, I have what it takes. I have what it takes. Huh? You have what it takes. You, you think you don't. But God knows you do. You have what it takes. Come on, let, let the weak say, I am strong. Even when you feel weak, you are strong. You're strong. So that's why, don't let life intimidate you. Don't allow challenges to intimidate you. Don't allow Satan to intimidate you. He's under your feet. Where is he? Come on, stomp your feet. Yeah, that's where he is. That's where he belongs. Yes. Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Overnight. Everywhere. And he took for himself a portrait with which he scraped himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. His body was itching. All of this he was going through. But what happens? Come on, let's read on. <laughs> then his wife said to him, You said he had his wife, right? <laughs> 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 
Come on, look at it. Why do you still hold fast to your integrity? Huh? Holier than thou. You holy man. Look, look at what your holiness has brought on you. Huh? Curse God and die. And die. Yeah. <laughs> so that she can be free to go and marry somebody else. She has already looked and says, how can I live with this kind of ugly man? Look, look, look at him. He's not the man I married. He used to be handsome. Look at now. He was rich. He was handsome. Huh? With children and everything. He had a, a business empire. He was one of the wealthiest men. Now everything is gone. I need, to, I need freedom from this, from, this, from this bondage. So she counsels him. Curse God and die. But you can see from that statement that it was Satan speaking through her. Because he told God that he will curse you to your face. So now, you see, that's why sometimes when people say certain things, you need to know who is speaking. Yeah. Satan speaks through people. I'm telling you. I have seen it many times. You hear them talking and you know, this is not God. This is Satan. This is the voice of Satan. He tried it for Jesus. In Matthew 16, when he said to them, when Peter came and said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus began to tell them how he's going to go to the cross, how he's going to be crucified, how he will suffer many things and be crucified. Peter called him aside <laughs> and said, let me not disgrace the master. In public. Let's not do it in public. <laughs> he says, master, you know, you know the revelation I had wow. from the father that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He, this thing you are talking about, he didn't tell me that one. Uh. So you are not going to die. Okay, you are not going to suffer anything. You are here. This kingdom must be established, and I, I, I am going to be your second in command. So don't die. Yeah. But Jesus turned and said, "Get thee behind me, Satan." Peter was talking. Jesus heard Satan. Huh? Is it? Get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So, when you listen to people, learn to hear when it is Satan speaking. Years ago, the Lord said to me, Eric, you need to learn to hear my voice in the midst of my people. So, there are times people speak and it is God speaking. You need to learn to recognize that. That's why I say, God, speak to me, speak to me. And God might speak. Hmm? There have been times that the Lord has spoken to me through my children. Spoke to me. Hmm? First time it really hit me was in Cape Town. I was seeking the Lord, praying. And my son just comes to me. He was just playing, playing outside. Comes and then he twists my ear. And he says, all you need is this. All you need is this. All you need is this. And then he goes back to play. But when he did that, immediately my spirit connected with that. And I knew, this is God speaking. What was God telling me? God was telling me, incline your ear. Pay attention. Pay attention. I'm speaking. Pay attention. You need to fine tune. Stop listening to everybody. Fine tune. And that's how I heard the voice of God to start a church in Cape Town. I have to stop. Hallelujah. You got the message. We have been called to do what? Destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil, sin is his work. Sickness is his work, right? 
Also, oppression. Somebody say oppression. Oppression, oppression is a work of the devil. We are out to destroy oppression. Yes. Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Huh? Not only to preach the gospel, we preach, we're going to preach. Hallelujah. We will preach. But not only that, we will lay hands on the sick. I say, be healed in the name of Jesus. We'll command every sickness to go. If they are oppressed, if they are depressed, depression is not the work of God. If they are depressed, we have to undo every depression and free the people. Hallelujah. Free the people. Haven't you seen people who are depressed? All the life is gone out of them. Listen, nobody can commit suicide without depression. Yeah. So what happens, Satan brings what the Bible calls the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness comes upon them. And when the spirit of heaviness comes upon them, they lose their joy. They lose their vision. They lose hope. They can't see beyond their situation. They can't see beyond the challenges. They can't see beyond. They can't see any life anymore. Then Satan says, end it all. So, you are anointed to stop all those suicides. Hallelujah. Yes, suicide is a work of Satan. We are anointed to stop it. It's part of the works of Satan. We stop them. Amen? Premature death is a work of Satan. People, we must stop dying before our time. Yes. Touch somebody say, don't die on me. Don't die on me. It's, not time. it's not time. It's not time for you to die. Where are you dying to go to? The action is here. Action is not in heaven. It's here. Don't die now. You still have work to do. You have to manifest the power of God. We have to deliver this nation from the hands of ancestors. We have to deliver this nation from the power of Satan. We need to manifest the kingdom of God and the power of God. That's what we are anointed to do. That's what we are called to do. We need to manifest the fire of God. And we need to stop this work of the enemy. The spirit of violence that is destroying our streets. We need to arrest the spirit. We need to arrest it by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of God. We need to bring in the kingdom of God. We need to usher in the kingdom of God so that God will begin to rule in our cities, in our homes, in the nation, in parliament. God wants to rule. Are you following me? In the union buildings, God wants to rule. In every department, God wants to rule. God wants to rule in education. God wants to rule in health. God wants to rule in the economy. He wants to rule. The kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdom of our God and of His Christ. Let's stand up on our feet. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.